It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, May 15th. The LA Galaxy coming off of a 2-1 win over the San Jose Earthquake. Surprise, surprise. Predictions guaranteed to be wrong on this show, except I was almost right, and I'll take that. Uh, Galaxy getting the victory, Jovalich scoring a goal, we'll talk Chicharito, we're going to talk about Ricky Pooj, all that fun stuff that happened against the San Jose Earthquakes and the win in the Cali Classico, so want to get you through that. There's some other little news nuggets here. Galaxy actually traveling to Columbus, we'll give you a little bit of details about how that happened and why they're already there, uh, so we're going to get you that. And then, of course, we got to talk about the Columbus game as well, because we've got a Wednesday game. That's right, a Wednesday game coming up. 4.30 p.m. is your kickoff time against the Columbus crew, and then it's off to D.C. United after that so a lot of stuff to get to a lot of things to talk about we're glad to have him back and he's here it's kevin the panda baxter kev how you doing buddy you know what this game this weekend um i've I've had really strong feelings about the galaxy all season going into the season i thought they were going to be really good Mm -hmm. and then when they got off to that seven game uh winless streak i thought you know what maybe this isn't the year things just seem to be going bad and it seemed like things were getting worse there was the boycott and and all that stuff. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe this is going to be a terrible year. It's just not their year. After this game on Sunday, it's like the glass is half full, but it's half empty. <laughs> they are out of the uh, wooden spoon race uh, leadership only right. by by points per game. Right. They, they have the fewest wins in the league, too. Um, they're second in, in, in goal differential, second worst goal differential. Um, but they've won, if you include the U.S. Open Cup game, they've won three of their last five. They're only three points out of a playoff berth. Um, the game they played this weekend, Sunday, um, Greg Vanny talked uh, ad nauseum about afterwards how good defensively they were. They gave up a season-low eight shots. Agreed. Only three, on, I think, three shots on goal. But then on the other end, Chicharito getting in a number of really good spots and just not being able to finish. And I saw something someone wrote on social media, I think one of the MLS guys, talking about how um, Chicharito still has that uh, soccer IQ, still knows where to where to go, how to get there, to get in position. But now at 34, his body is just can't react to the ball the way it used to. A couple of those he should have put away, and I think he would have put away a year or two years ago. And his body, you could just see his body just didn't do what his mind was telling it to do. So I, I don't know, where's this Galaxy team going? On one hand, they're not very good. They're at the bottom of the wooden spoon race, or leading the wooden spoon race. On the other hand, they're three points out of a playoff berth, and they won three of their last five games. 
Yeah, they're an enigma. I mean, I, I don't really know where to where to put them in all of this either. I mean, there certainly if you looked at the predictions on Thursday night, it would it would seem to indicate that you know that Eric and I did not have a lot of faith in this LA Galaxy team. Um, not surprised that they did what they did. But again, San Jose was supposed to be this jewel, Kevin, right? This jewel that was rising fourth place in the Western Conference, just beat LAFC up. San Jose is back on the horse and here they come and they're going to be this great team and they're going to run right over the LA Galaxy. And we didn't see that at all. We saw a dominant performance by the LA Galaxy, whether it was defensively or quite honestly, offensively, it was a dominant performance as well. They just didn't put the chances away, as you've alluded to with Chicharito, Um I thought they handled their defensive transitions better than they have all year. I thought Aude staying back a little bit was just a great adjustment uh, to make. If this team learned how to defend against a team that loves to transition, loves to be quick, loves to find places, and certainly I think Cade Cowell not being there hurt them. Um, But when you look at what they were able to accomplish against a San Jose team that was a rising star, in this league and supposedly a rivalry. I don't know that anybody told the fans that there was a rivalry because nobody was at the game. Um, but uh, that's not a knock on the fans, by the way, just uh, just on the LA Galaxy and how they've been playing. Um, but if you if you see what they what they were able to do in a rivalry, they dominated that game from first whistle to the absolute end. Um, I'm lucky not to get the shutout. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I just I thought it was such a professional performance. It wasn't too flashy. Uh, it wasn't perfect, uh, but it was still pretty good. Um, and, and I think we can make already a third of the way into the season now, almost a third of the way, 11 matches down out of 34. Um, you, you can make some, I, I think, you can say some things that concretely seem to be true, like like Audi is the real deal. He's a good player. Seems to be, um, yeah. Yeah, Neil is really, really a good player. I thought um, I, I thought he had maybe his best game as a Galaxy player in this last one. He broke up so many nice one-on-one plays in this game. Uh, Greg Vanny talked afterwards about him being physical, right? And I thought he was a lot more physical, but physical in a Jalen Neal way. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to run you over because that's not who Jalen Neal is. It was physical in the I'm going to be in your pocket. Anywhere you go, I will be there. Um, San Jose came in with some offensive firepower uh, that went poof uh, under any sort of real direct pressure in this. So um, I was I was very impressed. What, what other concrete things could you say? Sorry, I cut you off. Well, no, Efrain Alvarez now has played 19 minutes and two appearances since March 25th. Yes. I think the Efrain Alvarez experiment is over. Um, I, I just don't see where he fits in now. And, and I think Memo Memo Rodriguez is is more useful than I thought that he would be. He may not be the answer, but but he's, I think, certainly played a solid game. And um, Tyler Boyd's, you know, a, a really useful player as well. He, again, may not solve all the Galaxy's problems, but he's certainly making his presence felt. Um, and, and it's very helpful because, you know, apparently uh, Costa's retired. And so, you know, having those two guys step up right. uh, and maybe maybe be more valuable than than it was anticipated they would be. Uh, I, I think it's been really helpful. I, I thought Tyler Boyd has really been able to establish some width, which the Galaxy needed. They played wide, yeah. I think, for a good part of Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's the only wide player, really, whenever it comes down to things. Uh, I thought Memo tried to do a good job getting out wide. You know what? who I like, who I'd like to see? I like it whenever Raheem Edwards comes in as a, as a, as a substitute and plays in that left wing role. 
Um, I think that's very useful to the LA Galaxy. And I, again, I mentioned it before, but Aude staying a little bit backwards uh, or staying back a little bit, a little more reserved, pulling in a little more defensive duties, not getting out into the transition as quickly, which I thought the Galaxy lacked really in the first half, which was if you're going to go, go get some width, get some p players out running into channels and then make those runs. Those are things I would like to see knowing that they didn't do that and they were a little more conservative in their per approach, but absolutely frustrated. What again is I think a good transition offense in San Jose. It, it gives me hope that they learned something from the whole thing, right? Because it doesn't really mean anything, Kevin, unless they learn something, um, you know, from, from these wins and, and, and from all these different ways that they're, they're trying to um, attack some of these things. So I, I don't know. I think mixed bag for me a little bit because I'm worried about the finishing, worried about the offense. We'll talk about Dayan Jovalich here in a second, um, you know, because they have plenty of chances to make to probably be up two, three, nothing at the halftime um, rather easily. Boyd screwed up the one pass to, to Chicharito. People are going to try to blame Chicha on that one, but Boyd hit a ball up in the air. And what's Chicharito supposed to do when it's like at your waist height? Um, that's, that's hard to handle whenever you're that close to the goal. It's either got to be on the ground or in the air. You got to pick which one it's going to be, but, uh, at the waist height is, is difficult to handle, but Chicha missed a couple, uh, two other ones that were basically inside the six yard box and he didn't get a shot on goal. So, um, that's worrying. I think if you're looking for alarm bells from this game, it's a win. It's great, but the offense is still worrying in terms of, uh, in terms of that. I would also like to point out that at, during the game and I was sitting at home watching the game, uh, with, uh, with a house full of sick people, um, which was a, a ton of fun. Uh, but I, I was I was I was pressing on the LA Galaxy. They look very they always have, at least for the last probably six years, looked inept on corner kicks, right? Like nothing ever comes out of corner kicks. Nothing ever happens. I said it again in this game. And then, of course, Caceres scores off of a corner kick. Uh, the game before they had Aude's goal, which uh, the, the, the win, I think, against Austin, uh, they had Aude's goal that came. Uh, from a corner kick, it was a rebound, and then they also got a direct one off a corner kick. So all of a sudden, the Galaxy have figured out how to do corner kicks. Um, I, I we'll see if that trend holds up, but I, I still don't feel confident in the way that they approach them a lot of times. But still interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, they could have had five goals. They could have had five goals, at least three goals in the first half. And, and Vanny talked a little bit about that afterward. About he's not really worried about the scoring. You know, where they need to fix their finishing. But as most coaches will tell you. You worry when they're not creating the opportunities. Yep. When you're creating the opportunities, not finishing, that's something supposedly you can work on and can fix. Um, but but he was really pleased the way that everybody on the field, all all ten players, got involved defensively. And and Jovalich's goal came from a defensive play. And he was asked afterwards why he put. I think Scott French asked him why why did you put an offensive player in? Mm -hmm. You know, at the beginning of stoppage time to close out a game. And he said, well, Jovalich is a very good ball handler. Um, he's a good dribbler, and he's a guy that can can take the ball away, which is exactly what happened. Took the ball away, lost the ball first, got it back. Play. It was def essentially a defensive play that turned into a goal. Yeah. By the way, great podcasting direction here. Give you the lineups for this game. LA Galaxy 2-1 winners uh, over the San Jose Earthquake. Sorry if we if you didn't know the score and you're just getting here. Uh, hopefully it wasn't a spoiler alert for anybody, but the lineups um, in there. Uh, again, I think you're going to see a lot of this particular lineup, not in the 4-4-2 that they have it listed because that doesn't exist. Um, again, they really want the Galaxy to play in a 4-4-2 sometimes, especially when they don't. Um, so you had Ricky Pouge in the center. You had Mark Delgado and Gaston Brookman, maybe more of a 4-3-3 with Tyler Boyd up top and Mem Rodriguez also pressing out on the left-hand side, uh, the back line of Aude, Neal, uh, Caceres, and Caligari. Uh, Caligari, by the way, what a game that dude had. 
Um, very, very yeah, stealthy. Backs are very uh, the galaxy back line, all of the back line, but the outside backs are outstanding. And I really think Jalen Neal is benefiting from this this pairing with Casares, the guy who's played in four World Cups. You got a, a teenager with a guy who played in four World Cups. I mean, that's kind of a dream a dream pairing, isn't it? You know, one guy teaching the other guy, and the and the youthful guy bringing his athleticism to help sort of bail the older guy out. I mean, it seems like a perfect matchup. Yeah, it, it, it certainly feels. Like, this is my thing, though. Here, let's jump ahead. Why not? We're going crazy and rogue today. At some point, I'm going to tell you how I went to In and Out today and launched a volcano of soda all over my car. But we are not there yet, so I went on. Yeah, I know. What a tease! Spoiler alert! Yeah, that's why you come to the show to hear about the soda explosions. Um, serves me right for going in and out. Why should I? Why didn't I just get something healthy, Kevin, instead of getting a hamburger? Why did I see? It all makes sense. I should probably go vegan, right? Um, you should. Eduardo, uh, by the way, gave us a five dollars super chat. Says normally in rivalry games they pour a beer into plastic cups, but. They didn't on Sunday. Does that mean that the Galaxy don't think that San Jose is a rivalry game anymore? Because I almost don't. I kind of, I was like, eh. I don't think so. No, I I, I think LAFC, LAFC, clearly the 19th El Trafico is coming up. No two teams have played each other over the last five plus seasons more than those two teams. But I would also put Seattle uh, had just given some of the recent play, you know, when the Galaxy right. used to make the playoffs. Remember when they used to make the playoffs? Yeah. And Seattle would be the team that always knocked them out. Um, and then you had the connections with Ziggy and some other things. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see San Jose as a rival at all, really, to be honest. Eh, Seattle and LAFC. There's still something there. It's just maybe not as not. It's obviously not as elevated as LAFC. That's fine. Um, but the thing that I wanted to bring up because you were talking about the the defense, I really think this is a good defensive team, but they don't show it. Right. And and it drives me absolutely batty because as of right now, if we predict out with the goals conceded to date at 18 in 11 games played right now, they're going to give up 55.6 goals, which is more about four or five goals more than they gave up last year. All right. Now, plenty of time to course correct on that because you're still, like you said, basically a third of the way through the season. Right. But that's the thing that drives me crazy is that I am convinced this is a good defensive team. And I, they constantly show me little mistakes that show me why they are not a good defensive team. But they're still, the way they're built, the way it's certainly built for the future outside of having to replace uh, Kosteris, which is going to be a big task. I think this is his last year. Um, I really do. Maybe he comes back for another year. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. I'm not trying to push him out the door. But it was already sort of a question mark about whether he would come back for this season. I'm still looking at that saying, okay, maybe he's not the guy that's going to be there for next season. And can you look at a 35, 36, 37 year old defender and in the same way that you can look at, you know, a 35 year old defender, that type of thing. Right. So, um, well, I think you can give him a little bit of a break because Caligari and, and Audi have only been here, you know, Audi, especially only a couple of weeks. Um, they're still trying to gel. I mean, I think some of the problems earlier in the season were on the outside, wasn't so much the, the two guys in the middle. So I, I, I think they're still gelling. I, I'd be interested in seeing them give up that point six goal, though. How how do they do that? Is that like a ball that goes halfway in? It's just an average, Kevin. It's either going to be above or below that. Actually, it's probably not going to oh, okay. be either of those because it changes after every game. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna work on you with statistics. It's okay. It's okay to understand decimal points every once in a while. Um, stats, by the way, the Galaxy dominant in possession, fifty six point one percent over San Jose, seventeen shots to eight. 
Uh, five shots to three on goal should have been a lot more. Uh, block shots three. Total passes 547 to 425. Uh, passing accuracy again 91%. Galaxy are the top passing accuracy team in Major League Soccer. Uh, sometimes I think that's a rub on them a little bit, as in they're not putting passes forward as much. I know I was listening to the great and wonderful Joe Totino last night because I had the option of, of switching over to him. So I haven't gotten really to listen to him a whole bunch this year. Um, so it was nice to have him. And he was saying... Sometimes these balls have to go forward. And I agree. I will also say that the Galaxy played very much within themselves. Remember, I think we've talked about it even last week, um, certainly on the Thursday show, but it was the guys trying to do too much, Kevin, right? Everybody's trying to do too much, doing too much, doing, trying to go above and Everybody has to be the reason that they they are the the reason for the the play, right? If Ricky Pooch gets the ball, it's because Ricky Pooch wants to score a goal. You know, everybody is trying to go over and above what their capability is instead of just playing within the system, right? This was a system game, all right? I didn't think too many times, not maybe a couple times, but not too many times did I see people trying to do too much with the ball. Um, and again, if you learn something, you learned about the effort needed to put in this type of defensive game. You learned about how to sort of put in the effort for this defensive game. I know these are professional players. I know they've been playing forever. But when you can learn these little things, Kevin, it's such a huge advantage understanding, especially when you're going on the road to Columbus or especially when you're going on the road to D.C. United, what you do and how you do it and understand the effort levels that are necessary to compete day in, day out in Major League Soccer. Because this Galaxy team has no problem getting up for the big games, right? LAFC, plenty of energy. They go hard, all those types of things. Um, Seattle game. They played very well. A lot of high energy, a lot of stuff. They know what the effort when they don't have to think about effort because it's just 100 percent. Right. They do very good when they have to think about effort, how to manage their minutes, how to manage the emotions, how to do all those things. I think they're they're a horribly inept team. Yeah. And I think Houston and Colorado are good examples of that. The thing. Remember, Vanny, after the last loss, talked about how the, the team, you know, they, they, they didn't seem to be buying into the system or they weren't executing uh, what he'd asked them to do. I mean, that's, that was my takeaway. Those weren't the words he used, but right. they didn't they didn't seem comfortable with what they were being asked to do. Um, and, and he blamed some injuries on that, unavailable players. I thought the Galaxy seemed very confident in what they were asked to do, and they all seemed to be on the same page. Everybody seemed to know where they were supposed to be and where their teammates were supposed to be. Well, where where has this been, though? That's that's the whole question. Is your 11 games into the season, you've seen it. You know, the Austin game was not a great game by the Galaxy. Austin is just a really bad team. San Jose is different. San Jose is a good team. At least they're masquerading as a good team for right now. Um, and they, they were absolutely, you know, stomped on. I mean, in many ways, you can look at the game against LAFC where the Galaxy played very well and, again, stomped sort of on an opponent and still lost that game. It, it's just that I'm tired of talking about the, oh, well, they played well, but they didn't win, right? And that's what almost felt like this game in the first half, which is, man, they're dominating this game. They got to get something out of it. Um, Kosteris with his first MLS and LA Galaxy goal, that certainly helps. You um, know what is interesting about that? If you take out the Austin game, which they went two to nothing, um, if you take out that game, the Kosteris goal marked the first time the Galaxy have led since the opening half of the opening game. That's astounding. Yeah, I mean, they so they've only scored here. We can actually bring up that chart. I have that chart. They've actually scored first out and not including the U.S. Open Cup game because uh, it's not a league game, but they've scored first three times, right? In those games, they've uh, scored five goals and allowed four goals. One of those games was lost. That was the 3-1 loss to FC Dallas at the very beginning, right? So they had that one. Um, excuse me. Then they had the game that was 2-0 against Austin. Then they had the game. Now it's 2-1 against San Jose. 
Um, outside of that, the LA Galaxy have allowed the first goal uh, to go to their opponent in five of their uh, 11 games so far, and they're being outscored five goals to 12, right? So 0-4-1 in those, 2-1-0 whenever they score first. I mean, Jovalich said it, and it's one of those things that we constantly harp on, but it's one of those obvious things, so the stat almost gets lost because it's obvious. It's score first, and if you're the LA Galaxy, you haven't done that. You haven't had a lead, as you pointed out, so you've made everything else very, very difficult for yourself, and when you make things difficult for yourself, you're going to struggle um, against good teams, against bad teams. Colorado and Houston, as you said, are perfect examples of the LA Galaxy absolutely laying eggs and struggling to figure out the effort or how to play within their means. Really something that they should know by now, especially after last year. But when we think about when Ricky Puj and Gaston Brugman came into this, uh, this system last year, it was basically balls to the wall, right? There was no, hey, we need to rest. We need to rally just to make the playoffs. We need to just go. And so really they haven't had a full season and have to measure out that effort over a full season. I think that's going to change things. I think you're going to worry about that with Aude. I think you're going to worry about that with Caligari, although both of them played a lot of games. I think the biggest guy you're going to have to worry about going 34 games, Jalen Neal, because he's never played 34 games at this level before. By the way, he makes it look easy, so I, I, I tend to believe that he's not going to struggle with it, but we've seen a lot with guys who are not used to playing this much soccer. They come in to a professional league, they do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? Um, and then they go and they fall flat because they they're just their bodies are not used to the physical demands of playing 34 games, plus League's Cup, U.S. Open Cup, all those other games as well. Well, they... You know, only two guys have started all eleven games. It's uh, uh, Brogman and and uh, Delgado. Um, Delgado are the only two, and then I think Jalen Neal may be the only other guy who's played in all eleven. He didn't start once, and he came up the bench. Um, there will be some more squad rotation in the uh, in the next week. Greg talked about that yesterday about how he didn't bring guys off the bench, uh, or maybe Jovalich was the one guy he did bring off the bench that he he's planning to use later in the week. But he wanted to rest guys, and yep. he said there will be some lineup changes. Coming up, they play again midweek, and then they play next weekend in, in D.C. They're going to stay on the uh, – you'll talk about this in a minute. They're going to stay on the road the whole week. They're not coming back. Yeah. Um, so we will see um, the Galaxy depth test a little bit, and that's going to be tough because they're missing guys. They're missing Costa. They're missing um, Mavinga. Um, I, I don't know if Zabaleta is going to get some time now in here. Um, there are some injuries that hurt their depth a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think overall they're not a hugely depth generated team they're not a they're not a deep team in a lot of these areas i know there was a lot of questions about why chicharito was still playing 90 minutes uh, all the way through and then Jovalich Jovalic comes on um and and why did chicharito play so many minutes well it's it's it seems likely that greg was sort of trying to offset that perhaps Jovalich starts against columbus right it's one of those yeah i i, I think that was the obvious message because he did say we tried to to limit guys and it, it so chicharito goes 90 minutes he's not going to play again on wednesday Jovalich then gets the start, I think. I think Greg kind of telegraphed that. I, I would be surprised if that did not happen. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, that's sort of where I'm at as well. I'm trying to go through all this stuff and just see. Um, the LA Galaxy, this was the 96th time that uh, LA and San Jose have played each other. 45, 33, and 18 are the LA Galaxy. Um, and the Galaxy in that hold a 36, 28, and 16 record in play, a 4-1-1 one, one in the U.S. Open Cup, and a 5-4-1 record in the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, so I just thought that was one of those interesting. And then they did, even in the post-game notes, they're talking about Sunday's match against the San Jose Earthquakes marked the third game in the span of nine days for the LA Galaxy. During the month of May, the Galaxy will have played eight games across all competitions in the span of 26 days, an average of a game played every 3.3 days. How do they do in that 3.3 days there, Kevin? 
Don't know. I don't know. That's maybe they play like like at midnight and it like counts as two days or something. But yeah, I mean they they do they now Columbus, DC, LAFC, Charlotte, Real Salt Lake in the next fifteen days, five games in the next fifteen days to close out the month, um, including that U.S. Open Cup game. Yeah. Um. It's it, and and we haven't even gotten to uh, League's Cup and and you know there'd be, be a slight international break early in June, but. Yep. You know, guys like Jalen Neal could be called away to play in, in, in the Gold Cup. Wouldn't surprise me. Right. Could um, in the Galaxy's last five matches played across all competitions dating back to April 22nd. The Galaxy hold a 3-2-0 record. Eight goals for, seven goals against. That's for like good vibes LA Galaxy channel on Discord is that take that little section of things and make and make it like, you know, your headline for everything. It's like, look at this. They're see they're playing better. Look at this little group of games, because if all you have to do is go out a little bit and realize that the, the group of games was also awesome, uh, was also horrendous to start. Um, I would like to point but, out but guys, guys feel better though. I mean, you talked about that yesterday. I asked him, you know, now does that lift that black cloud a little bit? And clearly it doesn't lift the black cloud totally, but he said, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's always fun to win. And when you win, you feel better about yourself and, and, and you feel like the work you put in, you know, paid off. And so, yeah, no, I mean, when you look at the season record, as we said, they're, they're right there in the wooden spoon race. But when you look at the last five games, they won three of them and they're playing better. So, is this a turning point? I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait to find out, but it's certainly better than they started the season with. Yeah, it, it feels that way. Um, if it, but again, I'm I'm reluctant to jump on the, oh, they've turned the corner. Everything's okay, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, everything's going to be great. And nothing. And it's all unicorns and rainbows and everything else uh, that are going on. So uh, the passing network, interesting. Uh, tilted towards Boyd, certainly. Chicharito leading up on top. Uh, Ricky Pouge getting forward, and you can see that uh, the three and the twenty. So the so the Galaxy really did decide. It looks like on the left hand side to sit back more, um, allow uh, allow Aude and Memo Rodriguez to to be a little more recessed and a little more reserved. Um, then on the other side, where where you had Caligari really present through, and again Caligari had a really great game. Um, a lot of good take ons, a lot of good tackles, a lot of little things. Um, whenever you look at it, the 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 fun thing was certainly was. Whenever Dayon came on, uh, Opta had a sat out. It said uh, 48 Dayon Jovaliches. And by the way, the Galaxy have a 49, but we'll, we'll go with Opta for now. Uh, 48 uh, Dayon Jovalich goal, 48 seconds after coming on as a substitute, was the fastest any LA Galaxy player has scored after entering as a substitute in a regular season match in the club's MLS history. That was the fastest one. Guy comes on, 48 seconds, he scores a goal. Um, you know, there's something I, I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere that ties Jovalich's 48 seconds scoring a goal um, and the Galaxy Sperm Bank commercials that they're running uh, in, the, in the stadium. I'll leave it to other people to make that joke, but there's got to be one there. I'm just saying um, again, PG 13 family show. We, yeah, we I think this is a family show. Yeah, you can connect those dots. You went there. You can connect those dots uh, as you as you see fit. Right. That's what it's the you can. That's why this it's all a bunch of different levels. Right. It's like whenever you watch a Pixar film, there's certainly the base level story. And then there's the adult story that's being told over top. That's what this show aims to do. Give you the adult story with the base underneath it as well. Um, big giant celebration, all those fun things. Uh, for his work, and I think deservedly so, I think maybe uh, Caligari also could have been put on this. Um, I'm surprised not to see him on the bench. I thought Neil possibly could have been put on this as well. But Ricky Puj was named to the team of the match day, no longer team of the week, team of the match day uh, as the LA Galaxy uh, get a win. And he's in that midfield there as well. So that's a big sort of thing. The other thing was, I think there's been a lot of rumors looking at Puj and then Dayon Jovalich, and maybe they, they didn't like each other because there was that 
one celebration where they didn't go over, but that didn't seem to be the case as they all dogpiled onto the bench after the goal and, and Jovalich out there with his shirt off and then Jovalich coming in. And he, he said straight up, um, and I even highlighted it because I thought it was good. Uh, you know, they asked him while I'm celebrating with his teammates. He says, everyone needs the support like I had. Uh, if every player has the support like I had, I think the sky is the limit for us. That's not a guy who's disconnected from things. That's a guy who scored a goal, who's there with the... Again, I think people try to blow things up out of proportion a lot more than they really are. This is, and it feels like this is a tight-knit group. It feels like they enjoy each other. Um, you know, whether or not they're disgusted and tired of, of Greg Vanny yelling at him for stuff, he plays a difficult system sometimes, and if you're not doing your job, he's going to let you know. Um, you know what? I, I read that the other way. He he had some interesting quotes. He also talked about his goal celebration. He said, I don't know what I did. I blacked out. He did. That's he what said, I said. I, yeah. out. I don't remember. And he also said something like to the effect of you have the quotes there that when you come in and you only play, you know, when you come off the bench and you only play a few minutes, it's much easier to score goals because everyone else is tired. And and so rather than what he has said in the past, which is I want to play. I don't know why I'm not playing. I need to play. I can't score if I don't play. I'm producing. Why don't I play? This time it was like, hey, I'm really good off the bench. I like playing off the bench. I don't know if I'm too uh, – in, in, I've gone as far as you have to the degree of everyone's happy. I think either Dayon sat back and reflected and said being selfish is not helping or someone talked to him and said being selfish is not helping. But but he definitely did have a different take. And, again, I don't know whether that was self-reflection on his part or whether – um, you know, before in the past, Greg Vanny always couched it as he's very competitive. Right. He wants to play. I want guys who want to play. It was a different day on. It wasn't that sort of in your face, aggressive day on. It was much more an accepting kind of guy. Yeah. And maybe he knows he's going to start this week. So he's happy. Yeah. Last season, I said the same thing. Of course, I want to play more, but sometimes I need a few minutes or seconds to score, which is good. If I have to, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the team and I have to, I'll start every match from the bench. Um, Obviously, I don't think he's ever said that before. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, he certainly has no platform to start to stand on being he was the guy who was starting and he got jack out of it. Um, and we and we've talked about that. He is better off the bench. Again, Greg Vanny talked about him and said in this particular mindset, it's that he knows he just gets to go 100 percent. Remember, some guy it's it's something with this team that they don't understand how to meter their effort across the entire game because it's a team problem. And it's certainly a Jovalich problem. He is so deadly whenever he comes on and just his press, his ability to, to throw guys off the ball, um, to be quick with his movements and then just a beautiful finish and everything did. And that ended up being the game winning goal. We'll talk about the, the possible offside goal there as well. Um, but that ended up being the game winning goal. He's the reason the LA galaxy got three points. Um, he didn't, he came in, he ran hard, he scored a goal, he did everything he was supposed to do. And that's what Jovalich is best at whenever he's not in his head about, oh, I have to play for 90 minutes. So I need to sort of meter the way that I play. Uh, maybe that's an immaturity that he needs to learn. Maybe the team is immature whenever it comes to figuring this stuff out, but you can see it when they're in a game that's a rivalry game and they want to go balls to the wall. They're, they're usually a pretty good team. They're playing against Seattle, playing against LAFC. Um, their approach to San Jose was so much more metered and was, and Vanny said it, a very professional win, right? Nothing too flashy about it. They should have had more goals. It shouldn't have been that close. That being said, they were very dominant from whistle to whistle. Um, so now how do you improve upon that? Or you understand, and you're doing it in a very tough place now because you got on the road in Columbus, on the road in DC. Um, you're already there too. You're already in Columbus as we speak right now. Yeah. Are you ready to transition into that? Because Columbus is not a rivalry game, and it's not a game that the Galaxy are 
tend to get particularly up for. Um, and DC United, I think, looms as one of those games where the Galaxy look at that and say, that's not going to be too tough for us. And as we know, those are the games that come up and bite them every single time. Yeah, if you're looking for the Galaxy's travel schedule already in Columbus, um, and as a matter of fact, listen to this schedule. So the Galaxy got done with the game. Um, that game roughly started just a little bit before 7, right? Because it was 6.30. Yeah, I think it's about, and, final yeah. whistle was about 8.45, 8.50. Somewhere 845, 850, you shower, you do all the stuff, you end up getting home. Maybe those guys got home. Some guys, some guys showered. Yeah, well, I, I did. I showered. Um, I wasn't there at the game. I was watching from home, but I still showered. Uh, basically, I was told this, told that this morning, uh, the LA Galaxy left the stadium at 9 a.m. Okay, so they got on the bus to head to the airport at 9 a.m., uh, they got on the plane. They landed in Columbus around 5.55 or 6 p.m. Eastern time. So that's what time they landed. So what did they do, Kevin, after that they after they landed? They went to go train. They went straight to training. They didn't even go to the hotel. They had the team go directly from the airport to the training field. Now, it's the day after a game. It's regen, right? Those guys were just sitting on a on a plane for however many hours. What is it, like three and a half, four hours to, to Columbus probably? That's three and a half. Let's say it's three and a half. Um, so they go to train, uh, and that's what they had to do. So regen a little bit of training, get the body moving, that type of thing. But that was their day. They then train AM tomorrow on Tuesday for a game that kicks off at seven 30 local time, four 30 PM Pacific coast time, um, for the midweek game. This is a tough schedule for them, Kevin, a very tough schedule. Um, and one that's going to keep them on the road. Um, after the Wednesday game, I believe they're going to stay in regen in Ohio, um, and then that afternoon travel to DC and get ready for that DC game. Um, so the, the travel requirements on the bodies that are happening right now are going to be significant in terms of, of what you're expecting to. So I don't want to get into previewing the game yet because I want to go over a couple more things, but that's still a, that's, that's going to be a big hurdle to what I consider still an immature team. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my take. What, what travel schedule weird or, or, or fine. Well, and the DC game is on Sunday, correct? I, th- I believe it is. Yes. So then they get back early Monday morning and they have LAFC on Wednesday, mm-hmm. a rivalry oh. game in the U S open cup. Mm-hmm. So no training, you know, maybe a, a little bit of training, probably did some kind of regen on Monday, and a little bit of training on, on Tuesday. Um, I think one big thing, the region is important, and that's why they went straight to the stadium today because those guys are sitting on the plane letting all that lactic acid build up and all that stuff that hung over from yesterday. But, you know, they are, they are still are t- trying to incorporate some new guys in the team. Yeah, They still seem to be looking for a playing style, although the San Jose game, they seem to have found it. All that stuff says to me that, hey, we need a little bit of training time. Right. You know, uh, veteran teams can go from game to game with without much training time in between. The Gal- I don't know if the Galaxy are completely comfortable yet. You know, We'll find out in, in, in Wednesday's game if they are. But I think this is a team that really does need some training time, and that's where the schedule hurts them more than anything else. Yeah, and by the way, uh, so it's going to be a game on Wednesday, then a game on Saturday in D.C. because 520 is Saturday. Okay, Saturday. Well, that helps a lot because they'll be able to train Monday and Tuesday, and that's a, that'll be a big, a big help for them because they – U.S. Open Cup game is on, on Tuesday, is, Tuesday night. Oh, on yeah, Tuesday. yeah. I have. I'm not even going to mention anything anymore. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I, I was. I was pretty sure I wanted to make sure I got all those right. But yeah. So, um, but that's that's one of those. So Columbus on Wednesday, DC on Saturday, LAFC on Tuesday, um, and then four days later, the Galaxy hosts Charlotte on May 27th, the end of the 
month is a 531 game at Real Salt Lake. Tough, tough, tough schedule um, with all the traveling and everything that's going on. Columbus also coming off some games that they have just played in. Um, so they have a little bit more of a congested schedule as well. So if you're taking that into account, you, you can a little bit as well. I, I do want to point something out. You know, the the start, as we have pointed out uh, a bunch of times, was not good. In fact, it was the worst start in, in, in L.A. Galaxy franchise history. Just the three points that happened on Sunday against San Jose has moved them out of that realm of worst starts ever. Uh, 1997 had seven points. 2006 had seven points. Um, so the Galaxy currently two points better than that. I do want to point something out and just sort of highlight it. I'm not saying anything about it except for, you know, we often think that at this point with the way that the Galaxy started, that there's really no chance that they're going to do anything in the postseason. And even the postseason is possibly a, a reach at this point, right? A lot of games have to win. A lot of games have to get a lot of points, Kevin. The the 2012 LA Galaxy team, which did end up and was a repeat winner of MLS Cup, had 11 points through 11 games. So Last repeat winner as well. Yeah, and, and so... When you look at that, it maybe, maybe now there are fewer teams. There's a lot of things that you can put in here to caveat that. But remember that team caught fire uh, basically during the summer. Um, it was like June when they really started playing well because they started the season pretty poorly. Um, as a matter of fact, they played that season so poorly uh, that they had a, a, uh, a winless streak that was actually um, similar to the winless streak that the LA Galaxy in 2023 have had. So uh, the LA Galaxy in 2012, the year that they won an MLS Cup, went on a seven-game winless streak. Um, was, wasn't, wasn't that postseason tournament, they wound up hosting the MLS Cup. Um, um, against Houston. And they were the two last teams in, and the only right. way that the Galaxy could have hosted was if Houston... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's where I was going. I remember that 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 it was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna have to run the table on the road, and then Houston wound up getting in there somehow, and it was the only team in the in the tournament that had a worse record than the Galaxy. Yeah, and so I mean, realistically, that's what the Galaxy are shooting for this time too, right? Is to get into the playoffs, then to win all the games that you need to win, and and get to MLS Cup, right? I mean. It's just like they get to sneak in. And even if they sneak in, there's a possibility. 2012 shows you that that's, that is. So just, again, I know people want to write it off. And I think that it's probably okay if you've already decided to write it off, mostly because you don't want to spend the mental health on the LA Galaxy and what they've been doing to you through the first you know, 10, 11 games of the season. I understand that. I'm just saying that if you look at the stats, and not even that long ago, there was, an, a, Galaxy, there was a Galaxy team that was just two points better through 11 games, and they ended up winning an MLS Cup. Are these the two? Are these same team? Are these two things alike? No, because you're talking about a repeat team that was coming off of a, you know a supporter shield win and a and an and an MLS Cup win in 2011. So that team was very solid, very solidified. They understood what it meant to win and to put effort in, and they sort of had that little hangover from MLS Cup through the first you know 15 games of the season, and then they turned it on and they never looked back. Right, so. But there is a comparison, at least stats-wise, to be able to put those two teams together. It's not impossible. Um, MLS is certainly crazy enough to mean that it it doesn't need to be impossible. It's just it's a stretch right now, and the Galaxy haven't proven that they're winners yet. Well, you know what's going to be interesting, I think, throughout the league is how teams approach League's Cup. Because I, I think everyone would agree that MLS Cup, winning the MLS, that's the goal. That's what everybody wants. If you could only win one... That's the one you want. I think Greg Vanny has shown signs that he considers U.S. Open Cup to be important and that if, they, if they're going to win a trophy this year, that might be the one that they wind up winning. Very interesting. I, I did some research this weekend. The 2013 D.C. United team won three games that year. It's the worst 
low, fewest wins in an MLS season. Um, they won the U.S. Open Cup that same season. They won three yes. games in, in MLS, and they won the U.S. Open Cup. Um, I'm not saying that the Galaxy are in that position, but I do feel like Greg Vanny is putting maybe a little bit extra importance on the U.S. Open Cup. But with the League's Cup, teams could play, I think, what up to six or seven games if they if they go the whole way in the middle of the summer in the heat after you've already played maybe two-thirds of your MLS season. Guys are injured. Guys are tired. It's going to be really interesting to see if teams really play that tournament or whether teams like the Galaxy, who need to finish strong, whether those teams say, you know what? We're, we're, we're like two and out. We're done. We're going to take that time and rest and, and prepare for the playoff stretch because we got a ch- chance to do something in the MLS playoffs. When you look at the Galaxy team, the talent they have, uh, you, they could make a run. I, right now, that team doesn't look like it could do it. But when you look at the individual talent, right, they could make a run. They may be a team that looks at that League Cup and say, we're not going to waste our time with this. We're going to get ready for the playoffs because we could do something there. And I think other teams look at maybe Portland, again, a San Jose, you know, LAFC and Philadelphia and those teams might look at that and say, we could win this tournament too. We're going to try. We're deep enough. LAFC certainly is deep enough. A team like the Galaxy, that's not that deep. Uh, Seattle, maybe they might look at that and say, you know what? League's Cup is not worth the effort. Maybe. I doubt it. Unlikely. You go, you don't have to play that many games in order to sort of like get into it. And then, you know, you can sort of, I, I don't. I would be very surprised if the Galaxy didn't try to win League's Cup. I'm just telling you. I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think you can take anything for granted, and especially with this Galaxy team, if you're hot during that time and you go out there and you play and you could win League's Cup and you get CCL credit for that, I, I think, I think but you do. I, you're just going to see some of those teams come into September just on fumes, and then how do they finish the season? Yeah, and it may be a lot of those teams might be that way, but if it's the majority of the league and everybody has to do it, then you know, is it, is it one of those things? Most, I believe that there's going to be a lot of MLS teams that make it out of group stage. So there's going to be a lot of MLS teams in the knockout rounds, right? So you get to play two games in group stage and then you're out. Um, I would be surprised if the LA Galaxy can't get out of group. I would. Doesn't that come? It, it comes at a much better time in the schedule for the Mexican teams, correct? They'll be, I think, in between seasons or beginning to start the second season. You see, now, now I would argue that they, that that MLS has the advantage there because MLS is in mid-season form and they're ready well, to go. Well, I, I'm talking more of a fatigue from the fatigue standpoint. They'll be early into their season. It, I, I'm just wondering, gosh, you know, the possibility of seeing some really bad soccer yeah. uh, at the end of the season yeah. exists. Have you been watching the Galaxy through the first eleven games? There's been some really bad soccer. I just you yeah, know. and 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 that's kind of what I wrote this morning. The Galaxy are way too good to be this bad so far. So okay, so I'm I wanted to go to Chipotle for lunch. This is called a great segue. Wanted to go to Chipotle for lunch. Okay, um, <laughs> or, or no segue, or no segue. Yeah, who needs yeah. segues? Um, I wanted to go to Chipotle for lunch. I drove by the Chipotle line was out the door. Unfortunately, I really do like to take lunch early. This is a strategy. I like to take lunch early, like 1130 or go late, like 130, right? Because you don't want to wait in line. I don't want to spend half my lunch hour waiting for, for like dinner for, for lunch to be made as I'm going through all the stuff. So if you hit it early, you can get in and out. If you uh, and usually I mobile order. I forgot to mobile order today. So I was already in my car. I headed to Chipotle. Line's too long. Happens all the time. Decided then. I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to, if I'm not going to get Chipotle today, then I want in and out So I went over, I ordered in and out I waited in line a little bit. wasn't horrible. Yeah, there, there's a place that never has lines. You know, their lines move, all right? And I could, whenever you're in the drive-thru, like, you can watch a show while you're in the drive-thru, right? Because you're not going to you just watch a show a little bit. Okay. Put the car in park, then, you know, watch a show, hit pause, move forward. I'm just making sure I'm obeying all traffic laws. I'm, nobody's going to pull me over. Um, so I do that. So I get in there. So now I'm starving by the time I get out there. Cause I thought I was going to have Chipotle. Now I'm having in and out. Um, I get there. 
they go, they go, you had, you know, here's your, you had a hamburger and your French fries. Thank you. So they hand me the tray. I put it, I put it in my thing. Easy peasy. No problems. Turn back around. They hand me my large Dr. Pepper, which is usually my only soda. Now of the day is my lunch soda. I grab it. I grab it. I come around. I go to set it in my cup holder. And do you know whenever there's like a break in the circular round top of the cup, like there's a, there's a, there's a fold in the top rim right? There's a full. Yeah. So that, that rim that we're getting into physics here, but that rim really provides like tension on the cup that in or that holds the whole cup together. So if you have a break in the cup where it's pointed a little bit and it provides an easy way and you don't know about it and it provides an easy way for you to squeeze the cup because the point is going to allow the tension actually to collapse. Right. And you can squeeze it and it can shoot up into the air and do all this stuff. Right. So if that happens, right? And the lid cannot remain secured. You have no more tension on the cup. So me not squeezing overly hard. I pick up my Dr. Pepper, my large Dr. Pepper, and I have it. I'm grabbing it, Kevin. I'm not grabbing it by the top. Somebody already said, oh, you grabbed it by the top. No, shut up. You weren't there. I'm telling you where I grabbed it. I grabbed it from the side like you're supposed to. And I was putting the cup into the cup holder when the lid popped off. And the tension went away. You know, there's like pushback whenever you're holding the cup. You're feeling the volume of the cup pushing back because the circle is holding. If the circle's not holding anymore, you squeeze that cup. What happens? Volcano of soda. Half of my large, maybe even three quarters of my large soda erupted in the air. I can still remember seeing the ice cubes floating in front of my head as I'm looking at this saying, this is not good. This is not good at all. It goes up in the air. It comes down and it splashes on my leg. Most of it got in the cup holder. Some of it got on my fries. Still ate the fries, by the way. Not a problem. Um, did all that. It got like on the on the center console. You know, the gear shift knob where that comes in. It was like basically it was a little pool next to the gear shift knob and the whole deal. And the girl who was in in and out. God bless her. Wonderful, wonderful soul. She saw the explosion happen and she had a she was wearing a mask. So all I saw were her eyes, but her eyes were like two saucers just wide open. She was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, you know, this is why we need to make sure that the lids are on. because I after I put the lid back on, the lid was never on there. It couldn't stay on there. The cup was broken. Right. So it wouldn't stay on there. So she's like, oh, my God, let me get you another soda. And I'm like, huh, the last thing I need in this car is more <laughs> soda. Just give me some napkins and we're fine. And she's like, no, no, no. I'll, I'll comp the whole meal. Like, just give me a second. I'm like, absolutely fine. Just need the napkins. We'll be good. The whole deal. So I went and I drove over and I stepped up. I got to scoop all the ice out of the car because there was ice everywhere from the drink. There's soda everywhere. It soaked into my pant leg, right? So I had a nice sticky wet pant leg going on. It got underneath my Apple watch. Like I had to wash that and it was all sticky. It was great. Great. Really enjoyed my, my lunchtime. So there, that's my, my soda explosion. Yes. Two things about that. You were very lucky it didn't happen at Starbucks so you wouldn't be here. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and she acted exactly right because I, I know this because when I worked at McDonald's back when hot hamburgers were 25 cents, um, and one of my customers walked away from the counter and dropped her milkshake and I immediately replaced it. Well, I mean, that's what you're supposed you, to do. That is the nice thing. I just listen, there was a mistake made. All right. We're not trying to blame anybody. It happens, right? The whole deal. And I knew that if I didn't leave the counter, I was going to get upset because somebody should have realized very quickly, by the way, that the top did not fit on the soda. All right. There was a mistake. A mistake was made. It probably happens every single day. I just hoped, and I said to her, I said, just make sure the lids are on the sodas for everybody else from here on out. And she was like, okay. Like she thought I was going to yell at her. I'm not going to yell. I just hope it doesn't happen to somebody else today. A mistake yeah, yeah. was made. 
And your your part about obeying the traffic laws as you were in line reminded me of something I read on social media today. A guy in Colorado had been drinking and then went driving, and when he got pulled over by the cop, he actually changed places with his dog, put the dog in the driver's seat. The cop did not believe the dog was driving and no. gave the man a ticket no. anyways. No. Yeah, he changed Shocking. places with the dog, thinking the cop would think the dog was driving. Shocking. And as my wife said correctly, the dog's feet can't even reach the pedals. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's the big problem with the dog that's driving. The, yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. Yeah. That's the one. That's what gave it away. That's what, excuse me, sir. Your <laughs> dog's too short to drive. It's. <laughs> what do you think? I'm some fool. Five dollar super chat from Raphael. A great article by the Panda in the L.A. Times. Somebody read the L.A. Times, Kevin. I'm shocked yeah, and amazed. He's the guy. He's the one. That's right. I'm also surprised that AEG isn't heeding the alarm bells and just hitting snooze. Keep speaking truth to power, Panda. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Patrick, by the way, got this correct. This is a weird physics class. Uh, this is sir. This <laughs> sir. This is a Wendy's. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Um, but anyway, uh, that wonderful people at NNL love them all. Just hope that it doesn't <laughs> happen to me again. Uh, wanted to get through this LA Galaxy mascot Cosmo nominated for the 2023 mascot Hall of Fame. Listen, I don't need to tell you to do the right thing here. Y'all know you need to be voting for Cosmo. Um, and I'm going to tell you for these very simple reasons. Um, one, he loves tacos. Um, that's a, that's a big part of why you should love, love Cosmo because tacos are delicious and Cosmo loves tacos. Uh, two is car chases. Cosmo loves car chases. I don't know any other mascot that loves tacos and car chases, let alone any mascot that loves car chases all by themselves. So those are two very good reasons. Uh, is it, that, is that mascot hall of fame? Is that like all mascots, the Philly fanatic, the San Diego yeah. chicken, all those guys? It is, uh, the 2023 nominees. Let's see. I'm trying to think they, they were saying how they do this. Uh, the mascot hall of fame is dedicated to honoring and celebrating the world's most beloved mascots since its inception. The hall of fame has indicted, uh, indicted, inducted, indicted. Oh That's man, good. they're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> inducted over 20 mascots, recognizing their, their contributions to sports and entertainment. The mascot hall of fame executive committee has announced the official ballot for its highly anticipated annual event. Uh, the vote, a competition that will determine which mascots will be inducted into the prestigious Mascot Hall of Fame. This year's ballot features 18 nominees from a wide range of professional sports teams. Uh, the 2023 nominees include 10 major league mascots, one minor league mascot, six NCAA mascots, and one independent. Each nominee is recognized for their outstanding performance and dedication to their respective teams and community. This year's block for consideration is Bailey from the LA Kings. Talk about splitting the vote already. Yeah, really. Uh, Blitz from the Seattle Seahawks. Buzz from Georgia Tech. Cosmo from the LA Galaxy. Freddie the Falcon from the Atlanta Falcons. Goldie Gopher from University of Minnesota. Uh, Jackson DeVille, Jacksonville Jaguars NFL. He, he's, 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 he's awesome. He jumps from on like that bungee cord thing. I really like him. Uh, the Gally Galaxy need to get Cosmo jumping off like the roof of the stadium and bungee cording across. Um, Cosmo, you're welcome for that. Uh, Jesse Miles, Denver Broncos. Otto the Orange, Ramsey's University of North Carolina, Slugger, Portland Sea Dogs, Staley the Bear, the uh, Bear. Uh, from the Chicago Bears, uh, the Bearcat University of Cincinnati, the Blue Devil from the Duke University. Kind of hard for the Blue Devil not to be in the mascot Hall of Fame, isn't it? Uh, Toro, Houston Texans, Wally the Green Monster from Boston Red Sox, uh, Yojo, who's an independent. I have no idea what that means. Uh, and then Punter, the Edmonton Elks from the CFL, uh, Canadian Football League there. Uh, you know, the Colorado nice. Rockies have a very underrated mascot. It's a like a Tyrannosaurus or some sort of a, a Triceratops, some sort of dinosaur. Very underrated. You should be in you're really selling it. You're really selling it. The other, the other reason yeah. that Cosmo should be inducted into the Hall of Fame is that, um, you know, despite the fact that I know that it's Cosmo has been at least two people 
um, or friends. There's been at least two friends who help with Cosmo. Let's let's go the Disney way. Um, two friends that have helped with Cosmo. I think that they've actually done a really good job of of being consistent across that. Um, saying hi to Cosmo. Cosmo recognizes people um, that if you're around, Cosmo knows who you are. Uh, Cosmo is almost family. Um, so it's 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 this really tight knit sort of cool thing. If Cosmo comes and sees you every day at game day, you're a special person. Um, and I, I think it's that, you know, sort of intimate nature of the mascot that is this, you know, furry being that's out there rumbling around from outer space coming through and doing all that stuff. But being tied to the LA Galaxy, I quite honestly, the best news that could happen to the LA Galaxy this year is that Cosmo becomes uh, inducted yeah, into the mascot Hall of Fame. Tough ballot, though, because, as you said, splitting that AEG vote and then a lot of those college mascots, you know, the call's going to go out to all the right. all the alumni and they're all going to vote for them. Uh, go to uh, mascothalloffame.com. You can vote once per day per device. So if you got seven devices, you're seven votes for Cosmo. You really got to stuff the ballot box on this one. Uh, anytime they do an online vote, that type of thing. Um, voting will remain open until Saturday, May 27th, and the winners will be announced at the... Cue the confetti fundraiser at the Mascot Hall of Fame on June 23rd, 2023. Anyway, that's it. I just wanted to make sure we got through that uh, before we go. So anyway, so soda spilling mascot, you know, a mascot who loves uh, car chases, tacos, um, and soccer. We didn't talk much about the Columbus game. Well, you said you were gonna, we were going to talk about that. What else do we want to say about that? Well, we need squad to rotation. Uh, who, 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 who's going to play? I think we've already decided that, that Chicharito is not going to play in Jovalich. Will... Um, you can't go without Ricky Pouge uh, because we saw what happened in Orlando when he's not there. He's he's young enough to play again, right? Does he play both games? Does yes. he play Columbus and D.C.? Yes. Yeah, he plays both. He plays all the games. He's just going to go. All the young guys will play all the games. Uh, Aude, I would imagine. Uh, Caligari, I would imagine. Neil, I would imagine. Uh, Caceres, quite honestly, is probably going to play all the games too. He's a veteran. He knows how to sort of uh, put himself in there. But uh, you're not wrong to say perhaps you could see somebody like, uh, like Zavaleta come in. Uh, maybe. What about an Alvarez sighting? We haven't seen one of those. No, in a while. I don't think that's happening. Um, okay. I mean, yes, there's an actual possibility. I will say this: that the stock has dropped so so far, so so far, Kevin. Now, I bet you see a Geary and Judd. I think those guys will see some action in one of those two games. Yeah, very well could. Uh, let's get you the uh, the details. Uh, Columbus Crew uh, versus the LA Galaxy. This game at Lower.com Field in Columbus, Ohio. This is the downtown stadium. I don't know the Galaxy have played there yet, actually. Um, really beautiful stadium. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, May 17, 2023, 4.30 p.m. TV start time, 4.39 p.m. kickoff. This game on MLS season pass behind the paywall. Yes, you can complain about it if you want to. Um, just, uh, I, I think this is an interesting game. Columbus, not great recently. Uh, in their last five games, they've got four points. In the Galaxy's last five games, they've got two points. So, I mean, you know, not not great. Um, that, oh, wait sorry. a minute. You said sorry. That last five games, yeah, sorry. No, I, last five games, I got six points. Sorry. I, I screwed that Thank one up. You. I was reading the away points and not that. Uh, Galaxy 2, 6, and 3, 9 points. Columbus 4, 4, and 3, 15 points. So much better in terms of that. They had a much better start. Both teams, by the way, on 11 games played. Um, so no discrepancy there. The Galaxy have yet to win on the road, 0-3 and 2, two points through five uh, through five games played there. Uh, at home for Columbus, they're 3-1 and 2, 11 points, the majority of their points coming at home through six games played. They're all-time Galaxy 16, 18, and 10, so have a losing record against Columbus, one of the few teams I think the LA Galaxy have an overall uh, uh, losing record against, especially against one of the original teams. Whenever you look at it, uh, table 13th in the Western Conference for the LA Galaxy, 28th in the Supporter Shield. Columbus eighth in the Eastern Conference, 13th in the Supporter Shield. Uh, if you're talking about streaks, 
It was kind of funny. I was trying to do a streak for the LA Galaxy. What's a good streak for the LA Galaxy? I could say they won their last two games in, in all competitions, yeah. right? You could, except that yeah, I, left except I don't like to do that whenever you're mixing competitions and the whole deal. So the Galaxy streak is they have just two wins in their last 11 games, which is the season. Um, well, you could say, if you want to be the glass half full guy, yes. they won their last two games against MLS competition. They're, they're, but they didn't because they lost to Colorado. In between there, no, no, but they had Seattle is an MLS team, and they beat them in oh, US Open Cup. I, I guess you can lie with statistics all the if time. Really creative, yeah. Uh, Columbus is winless in their last four games. They're o two and two. The last win for Columbus was at DC United. It was a two nothing win that was on April eighth. That's the last wow. time they won was April eighth. Wow. Holy cow! Uh, their last loss came on April 29th. Uh, they lost to Miami one to two. Um, so that game also uh, a little bit, and that was on April 29th, whenever they lost that one. Uh, Zellerion uh, certainly is there is one of their better players. I would say with four goals, three assists, he's the guy you have to watch for. Uh, the 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 Alexandru Matan, and I don't know that I'm saying that correctly. Haven't watched a lot of Columbus games. Uh, he has five five assists. If you went back and watched this last game that they played, two two draw with Orlando. Now this was played at Lower.com Field. Orlando rotated Kevin whenever they came in to play Columbus. At halftime, Columbus is winning this game two to nothing against the rotated Orlando City game or City team. So you're sitting there with with thinking this game's over, right? They just dominate them. The game is over. Orlando came back and t- scored two goals in that second half, including one um, in the 92nd stoppage minute. Yeah, yeah, stoppage time. So. When you look at that, that's not a team that's playing with a lot of confidence. In the 92nd minute, you give up a goal that allows the the game tying goal. That's a that's a problem. I I think if you wanted to catch Columbus, if you wanted to catch them unaware, if you wanted to catch them at a down point, looking at everything that I can see, even though I thought uh, Cucho had a great game, uh, certainly a great first half, probably should have scored two or three goals for them the whole deal. But if you're trying to catch them, this might be the time to catch them. Well, and, and you mentioned, you know, they're at home. They give up a, a goal and stoppage time at home. Speaking of which, I don't think you talked about it, and you educated me, which is rare, oh. before the show. The Galaxy gave up a goal in stoppage time, and there was a lot of talk about it should have been offside, and you have went and looked up the rule. I did. It, I was searching around for some things, and people had sent this to me as well, so I'll bring it up. Now, we know that uh, the the whole goal centered on Aude and whether Aude was in play or out of play and whether he was in the, whether he was keeping anybody offside. The play went down in that left side um, and basically Aude had had stretched for a ball that eventually got crossed and he slid. Now, whenever he slid, he sort of either he got a cramp or he came up a little sore, that type of thing. So he stayed down off the field. He was very much well off the field. The ball came in as a cross and whenever that ball came in as a cross, uh, I think it was Caceres who headed the ball out of the penalty box. So that's important. Headed the ball out of the penalty box. When that ball gets put out of the penalty box, um, then the ball comes back in um, and gets played to uh, Columbus. I forget even who even scored um, at that particular goal. Um, I actually I have it. I can look it up. Hold on. Let's look it up. Let's make sure we get it right. Um, oh, it was Buda, right? Uh, B-O-U-D-A, uh, Buda. Um, so he scores on the header, but he was a good two yards offside if... Aude isn't counted keeping on. So the rule says this, a defender, a defending player who leaves the field of play without the referee's permission shall be considered to be on the goal line or touch line for the purposes of offside until the next stoppage in play. Or, and the or is important, or until the defending team has played the ball toward the halfway line and it is outside its penalty area. 
Okay. The ball was headed by Caceres towards the halfway line. That ball did clear all the way outside of the penalty area. Therefore, by the definition in this rule, at least, and how I'm reading it, the player was offside whenever he hit the goal. Does it matter? Probably not. It almost mattered. It almost mattered. <laughs> there would have been a huge argument if, if Jovic hadn't scored that goal. If that was a game-tying goal, right. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, w- it would have been. Remember, I, I was telling everybody, I predicted 2-2 and that San Jose was going to score um, at the very end in stoppage time, like right at the end. I almost got that wish. Uh, I almost got my prediction exactly correct, um, how it goes. By the way, let me get to these. Uh, Gary gave us a $10 super chat. Gary, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Roger gave us a $1 super chat. Appreciate that for you as well, Roger. So thank you to both of you for supporting the show. They didn't say anything? They didn't no, say anything? No, no, they're just, they're just keeping like they it. They read my story and they loved it. They, are you sure? It was like, Checking it, was, it was perhaps at a place that you need to be 18 or over or 21 or over and they were just throwing money and then leaving. That was what it was. They're throwing money and getting out the other side. Um, but back to Columbus again, this Columbus team and, and we should talk about it. Wilford Nancy, who was at Montreal and came over and has replaced Caleb Porter. Um, he has done good things with this team. They have 15 points. They're not in a horrible position. We talked about it. Um, you know, they're eighth in the, they're eighth in the Eastern conference. They're in the playoff spot as it is right now. Um, but they've been slipping 13th in the supporter shield. Everything's been sort of pulling back for them. They have not been playing well. Um, and so just looking at all of these things, uh, I think this is a, a real chance for the LA galaxy to steal some points. Let's be realistic though. Can we be realistic? Because people are going to want to be unrealistic. What's a what's a wonderful amount of points to get for the next two games that are on the road back to back and you're staying on the road? You're going to Columbus, you're going to DC United. What's a reasonable or I would say positive number of points that you take home from this game from this Four. road trip? Four. Four. Four is so much. Do you know how wonderful two points would be? Not losing two games on the road? Two points is wonderful. I, I hate to say that to people, especially the way the Galaxy have been playing. If you get two draws out of this, take it. Take it and run. Close your eyes. Try to swallow the disgust that is in the back of your throat that you're going to want to. I, I think four would be awesome, right? Because you get a win. And you're thinking they're going to win at DC and draw at Columbus because I know exactly. that's I know you. Exactly. We're talking about rotation and how Greg Vanny goes and rotates. You know, um, they have a problem. They don't have any wingers. So Tyler Boyd's probably going to have to play both of these games. Uh, whether he gets pulled early or he comes in off the bench is certainly something that could happen. Uh, I don't think the Galaxy are going to play two forwards because I think they're going to offset their forwards. I think Javier Hernandez may not start this game against Columbus. Maybe Dayan Jovalic does. Um, outside of that, there isn't a ton of rotation that I think I'm, I'm totally comfortable with. But Aguirre playing, possibly even getting some guys like maybe a Johnny Perez in there, that type of things. Does Efrain Alvarez play? I mean, this is the bet that like goes to Vegas, Kevin. Does Efrain Alvarez make his way onto the field for either of these next two games? I don't think Greg trusts him. I could see Aguirre playing. I could see Judge playing. What I what I would like to see, it would be a gamble, but it'd be fun. Caligari as a winger and then Raheem Edwards playing as an outside back. Yeah, Caligari. Caligari. Him too, both, yeah, of both of those guys. Yeah, both of those guys. Raheem Edwards, yes, absolutely playing outside back or playing up in that that winger position as well, right? So Hmm, interesting. I mean, if you think this Tyler Boyd or Memo or Memo Rodriguez isn't isn't going to give you the wide play, you know Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards played uh, as a midfielder for LAFC, and I think he did in a uh, previous club in Toronto. Right. Um, either one of those guys. I mean, it's not you don't want to play them thirty four games there, but if your squad rotating and you want to still stay wide, um, either one of those guys, I think, 
could give you some quality minutes there. Maybe, again, it's not the guy you want to start there every game. Right. But if you need to get some minutes out of somebody and you need to have a makeshift lineup, that would be kind of an interesting gamble. I'd like to see Greg try that. Judd, I like. Uh, I, I bet Efren Alvarez does see some time, but I bet it's under like 20 minutes for the two games. I bet it's like just garbage time minutes both times. Um, looking at the just some of the, the latest results, Galaxy lost 3-1 last time when they were in Columbus. That was in 2019. Um, go bow all the way back to 2017. They lost two nothing, so not exactly great in terms of where Columbus is and then how the LA Galaxy are possibly going to go out there. I will say this: schedule congestion for the Galaxy, schedule congestion for Columbus as well. Right? They played uh, Loudon uh, United um, in the U.S. Open Cup. They beat them five one. Um, then they went and played that two two game against uh, Columbus. Uh, excuse me, against Orlando. Um, that one was there. They have the LA Galaxy. Guess what comes on the other side of the LA Galaxy game and that might perhaps give Columbus pause to think about a game that's coming. It's the game against Cincinnati, right? So they have a rivalry game coming right after they play the LA Galaxy. Again, if there's a time to nick it, if there's a time to take one when they're not expecting, this might be it. I could see the Galaxy getting an early goal, a one nothing sort of goal, and then just waiting Columbus out for the next 86 minutes or something. Galaxy scoring the first four minutes, obviously. Um, that's, that's one of those where, uh, you see sometimes in, in football, people will be like, oh, they scored too early, right? In American football, you're like, oh, they scored too early. They, they scored too fast. They, they shouldn't have scored. That might be the LA galaxy in this particular case. So I could see them stealing something like this. I think worst case scenario is they get a point out of this game. I think that they could steal this Columbus game. I think. What do you think of return of Jonathan Bond? How do you think Bond he's played in his last two games? Fine. How they Fine. Fine. I, I don't know. Is there anything more than, than you need to say about then he's played fine? Is there anything that he was spectacular at? Did he make any huge mistakes? I didn't think any of that stuff. So he's fine. I like the way the guys played in front of him. I think Bond is good. If I mean, he we've seen games where he's made a dozen saves and, right. and he did well in those games. But I think the best way for the Galaxy to play is do exactly what they did. Limit the number of shots. Eight shots, three on goal. Um, Bond, you know, uh, will come up big when he needs to. But when he has to make multiple saves or a lot of saves, you know, like all goalkeepers, you know, it, it's it's the more shots you face, the more you're going to give up. It's just statistically, it, you know that um, making sure that you limit Bond's work, I think, helped a lot. Yeah, um, very well. Could I, OK, so um, is there anything we didn't talk about this? So you, we'll just we'll brush past it. Is there anything that do we expect something to happen tomorrow? I'm trying to say this without without saying there is something that is supposed to happen, but we're not allowed to talk about it. Right. Do you remember um, what no, usually comes no. out in May? Oh, um, we may find out. We may find out how much certain players get paid. Maybe. Never know. Maybe. Never know. Could be. I didn't mean uh, my, you didn't have to say it. I didn't want you. You could have just been like, no, I don't know anything that you're talking about. But yeah, you, no, we, they, they can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com. No, they can't. It's broken right oh. now. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love to do you. I would love to do well, that. Well, I mean, yes, it, 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 we just say it now. I mean, we gave it away. The MLS Players Association will have announced or have released the the, the first batch of salary numbers. It's embargoed until yeah. tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. So you yeah. will uh, go online. You'll see it in all the normal places, ESPN, The Athletic. You would have seen it in Corner of the Galaxy. That stuff will be online. What, what, but, but there's not, I don't think there's going to be any big surprise. We know the Galaxy payroll is around $23 million. 
Um, we know Chicharito and, and Costa are the highest paid players in the team. Chicharito's right. over seven. Costa's over uh, right around five. We know that already. So that that's not new. We don't need, we're not breaking the embargo. The Galaxy payroll, again, coming around 23 million. It's going to be one of the highest in the league. Uh, I don't think it's the highest, but it's going to be uh, maybe two, three in the league. And the Galaxy have two wins. Uh, uh, they, they That has earned them two wins so far in 11 games. It's not good enough for that kind of expenditure. Right. But we know that Greg Vanny always has high salary teams. We know that the AEG is a very deep-pocketed ownership group. So that all makes sense. Um, but still, um, two wins out of $23 million the, the, is not, the, not enough. The chat rooms over here is like, oh, I thought you were going to tell us that Klein was resigning. I'm like, why? Like, well, they, one, like they would tell us that. Like, we would be like, oh, well, here it comes. Everybody be prepared. No, they don't. Nobody's going to. Well, can, can, I, can I talk on that? You... Since, can you do it without getting yourself in trouble? Probably. Okay. I had a I had a conversation yesterday in the press box with a Galaxy employee, mm-hmm. uh, a high ranking Galaxy employee. Uh, his speculation. We talked a little bit about look, you know, it, it, what's going to happen with Klein because there's this black cloud hanging over the team, right? And it, right. they really can't make any decisions. My takeaway is they they really can't make any decisions. There's some some very interesting scouting prospects out there that would like to work for the Galaxy but don't want to work for current management. There's this black cloud over the team, but there's also this holding pattern that we can't move forward until this client thing is resolved, one way or the other. This person believes that that client will remain with AEG but will be moved over and work maybe with Tom Braun on some of these things like the Coachella tournament, on on, uh, this summer tour that's now coming back that AEG is involved with. It did so well last year and you got 93,000 people to the Rose Bowl for, to see Real Madrid. Um, He believes that, that, that Klein, my thought always was that Klein was going to be pushed over into the world cup. He thinks that Klein's going to stay with this person I spoke with, believes that the client's going to stay with AEG, but he's going to be moved over to handle some of these international games, the Coachella tournament, other things, business related stuff that we know that he's very good at. um, And, and that he will transition away from the day to day responsibility of overseeing the galaxy especially the playing uh, field part of it. Um, there was no sense that that's going to happen tomorrow, but there, it, there is this feeling. And I've talked to other people around MLS who feel the same way, that the Galaxy are just in, in a holding pattern and they're not moving forward and they can't plan for the future until this situation is resolved. By the way, in, in those conversations with other MLS people, I was told that Douglas Casa has been offered to uh, in trade to other teams and other teams generally laugh and then respond immediately no. So we, we've talked about that. We've talked about that. He's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. and, and even if the Galaxy pay the majority of the salary, which I think was probably part of the deal in the first place. So to recap, Klein probably staying with AE, it, it, the, the, the early line betting says Klein stays with AEG but, but moves into a non-Galaxy position. And Douglas Costa has been offered around, and nobody wants him, so he's here probably to the end of the season. That's my news. That's, a, that's my news. Dun, 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 dun. You should have a, you should have a little, like a little like outro whenever you say. That. And that's my news. You know that type of thing. It's like very, uh, I don't know, Omaha, Nebraska, nineteen eighties television. You know the the rug the rug set. I was so 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 let me tell myself a little bit. I I went to Omaha, Nebraska with my dad whenever I was like 12 years old uh on a business trip because he was like it's summertime, you don't have school, why don't you come with me? I'll take you on a business trip. First time I ever ate at an Arby's. Just want to point that out. That was my first introduction to Arby's. How, how did that Dr. Pepper come out of that one? That it was, okay? it was I think I was a cherry coke guy back then. So, okay. um too All many right. cherry cokes. I I would usually have three or four and then get sick. So, it was it was a good time. Um I've really learned my lesson now. 
Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so, but yeah, I remember the commercials in Omaha, Nebraska in like 1990 something. And I was always like, this scares me more than anything else. So that's kind of what I felt like whenever you're going through that. The news intro thing. Yeah. I I want Stephanie rules, uh, intro on MSNBC with the drums. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just want the, uh, the, um, the West wing intro for everything that I do. Just whenever I walk in, just have that play. Um, all right. Uh, $5 super chat from Rafael. Appreciate that. Uh, gracias caballeros. I love COG. See, look at that. We're getting multilingual up in this. I just wanted, wanted to show you that was, the, that was the best Spanish I will ever do. Um, that's it. That's where we sit. LA galaxy playing against Columbus crew coming up on Wednesday night. Again, that game, 4 30 PM, 4 39 PM kickoff time. MLS season passes where you can find it. Um, and the galaxy will, I believe they stay in columbus for like the morning and they train and they do a lot of that and perhaps fly to dc that evening or they go the next morning it's one of those i'll have to check the schedule again but we will get you ready on thursday for the see what see what what charters allow you to do none of this 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 whole week does not unfold that way if they're traveling commercial yeah i mean technically speaking you could even fly home and then fly back it just that's a little short they're not going to do that yeah no but but with a charter you could so, yeah. Um, all right. I think that uh, about does it. Kevin, anything else that uh, you want to say? Yeah. Are you good? You know what I found out today? Koalas are not bears. They're marsupials. You, but, but, but I, we knew that. This is everybody wants to talk about our failing education system, and yet you went through it so long ago. I would expect it to have been quote unquote good, and you didn't know that. Pan, that that uh, they're always called koala bears. You hear people say always yes. koala bears. Yes, but, but everybody knows that they have a pouch, and so they're cousins of the kangaroo, yes. right? Yes. All right. You have to learn a lot before you go to New Zealand. We're, they might not let you in. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Australia part. New Zealand doesn't have koalas. They have a lot of birds, though. They have more birds than people. Really? It's called bird. It was originally called Bird Island. See, I knew that. I knew that. Okay, that one I didn't know. Okay, that's okay. good. I'm glad we'll go. get all of this stuff. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11, and head on over to latimes.com for all of his wonderful articles. Uh, Kevin also gets brownie points for muting his microphone after he, I decided to give him an outro this one time, just this once. I don't have to do the work. I love it. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter at Jay Guessman at corner, the, at, at galaxy podcast. Um, and we will be getting you ready for the game on Wednesday. I should be able to cover that from, uh, the comfy confines of my house, uh, and then DC United on Sunday. So a lot of fun stuff headed your way. We'll be back on Thursday for the recap of Columbus and getting you ready to preview for DC United. All right. I think that about does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda or Pe- Kevin, the koala bear. Uh, I'm Josh Patrick Esman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.